0: Hello, welcome back to the Claim the Stage podcast. I'm Angela Lucier. I'm your host. I'm also a speaker, author, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood. So the Claim the Stage podcast is a podcast for women who want to be better public speakers and really kick ass in the world. Today's show is all about this topic that public speaking just revolves around and everyone who gets on stage could always work on what is it? It's storytelling. It's how to be a better public speaker and tell your stories in a way that makes them your own, that helps you to connect to the people who are sitting in front of you, and also creates context for the advice and information you're sharing. Stories are so critical, and On today's episode, I'm excited to bring a special guest on the show to talk with you about how to tell better stories. My guest is Chris Landry. I've been friends with Chris for eight or nine years, and it's interesting the way we met. I want to just share the story really quickly because it was one of the first times in my life that I felt like I actually belonged somewhere. In 2008, you might know the author Seth Godin. He's one of my favorite people on the whole planet. And if I haven't talked uh, talked about him very much on the podcast yet, I will, con- I will be talking about him more as time goes on, because he is someone who has totally changed my life and the way I think about my business and myself and the way I show up in the world. And in 2008, he wrote a book called Tribes, and I was on his newsletter list, and I got the notification from him saying, hey, my book is going to be published soon. If you're one of the first 3,000 people to buy the book, I will add you to this private online community of people who also bought the book and you can meet them and talk to them and share ideas and I was like, "Oh my god, I have to buy this book right now." <laughs> I think I bought it like 3 seconds after I read that newsletter. I got into the online community and I needed that community more than I knew at that time cuz I was working in a job that was such a bad fit for me. If you've seen my my first TED Talk in Washington DC where I give the cart I do the cartwheel, I tell the story about what was going on in my life, and my, you know, the the main piece of the story was when my boss told me that my creativity was an issue and what I did with that information. But when I got that information, I was a part of this online community and I talked with these people who are all part of the tribe and found that, wow, maybe my creativity isn't an issue. It's just an issue in this company. And maybe I'm among the wrong people. And maybe if I find my people, it won't be an issue. It'll actually be embraced and respected and celebrated. And Of the people who are on that site, I found only one other person who lived in in Western Mass, where I live, and it was Chris Landry, this person you're going to hear from on today's show. So I feel really lucky to have found him and become friends with him and followed his his career since then, because he has built an amazing business as a storyteller who tells story through video, through public speaking, through slides, through so many different Um, avenues and I just really respect his his ability to connect with people and his ability to show what's really fascinating about people so um, that's all coming up on today's show you're going to learn how to do that for yourself and you'll get to hear just some of his great stories so I hope you enjoy today's episode with Chris Landry. Chris Landry learned how to tell effective stories during the 15 plus years he spent in the nonprofit world before launching Landry Communications, a firm that helps mission-driven organizations tell their stories with more impact. A poet and documentary filmmaker, Chris is currently creating a new startup company that will help people live their best possible lives. Chris, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Awesome. So I'm excited to talk with you about storytelling today because it's such a huge part of public speaking and it's something we can always work on. Before we jump into your advice and what you could teach us about storytelling, I'd love to find out how you got into this field and what interested you in it.
1: Sure. Um... I think it it really came through my work in nonprofit organizations when I was uh, a director of development and communications at a couple of different nonprofits. And what I noticed is that the more clear we were and the more honest and authentic we were in our communications, the more money we raised. So it really got me thinking a lot about how do we talk to people so that we have their attention and we hold their interest and we communicate to them the value of what we're doing.
0: Was there a particular moment when things changed for you where you went from saying, all right, let's talk about how we're going to use the money to why don't we tell a story about something we've done in the past that helped us to be successful? Do you have an example like that?
1: Well, you know, one of the things that that I did, um, nonprofits tend to be a little bit secretive about how they raise money and how often they send mail to their donors. And I decided to be really transparent. So I wrote an article for our newsletter saying, why is there another appeal letter in my mailbox? And just explained, every time we send out an appeal letter, X percentage of you respond. And for the rest, you might be busy or it might be a bad time of year or whatever and just explain that we're trying to balance our responsibility to help people um, while respecting the donors' uh, right to just hear from us when they wanted to. So we were just really transparent, and it was incredible how much people appreciated that. And that's what I try to to share with others, is that the more honest and transparent you are, the more of an authentic connection you're going to have with your audience.
0: Awesome. So what are some mistakes people make when they're telling a story?
1: People make, uh, I think, several really common mistakes. The first is presenting information without telling us why we should care. So uh, you have to make your audience care right away. Um, And part of that is knowing your audience and what they care about. So you really need to do your homework and know who you're speaking with and what they care about, what they already know, and so on. And the second is trying to say too much. Um, Back when Bill Clinton was first running for president, his campaign people kept saying to him, if you're saying two things, you're not saying anything at all. Just say one thing to your audience day after day after day. And he hated that, but it was really effective. And then the third thing. Uh, is that people make themselves the hero of the story. And what I tell my clients is that you're not the hero of your story. Your customer is, or your donor, or the person who benefits from your organization. So those are some of the things that people do wrong, I think.
0: When you're researching your customer or your audience, how do you get that information and what are you looking for?
1: Well, uh, you know, one way that i try to do it when i do presentations lead a workshop whatever um you can talk with the organizer so the conference organizer and and make sure you know as much of the audience where are they coming from what skill level do they have what's their understanding and what do they care most about um if you can, you can send out a simple survey. You know, Survey Monkey, you can create a survey in five minutes and send it out to people. And I've done that saying, here's what we're going to cover. Which of these is most interesting to you and most relevant to you? And what else do you want to hear us talk about? So when you do that in advance, you, you can get up on the stage uh, in front of the room and have confidence that you know what the people care about, what they really want to hear from you.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Can you tell us an example of a bad story and a good story, and what what makes them different? <laughs> sure, I I kind of collect bad stories, um, <laughs> because it's
1: uh, is it's really common. So if you watch corporate uh, communications, you see this all the time. So first, let's talk about the three what I think are the three ingredients or three pillars of good storytelling. The first is Authenticity is that we are real people and we really have a human connection with the audience The second is integrity that the story that we tell is backed up by real life Um, And then the third is transparency. So we share um, Our mistakes and our vulnerabilities Um, And so bad examples happen all the time Um, I mean we saw it just last week with United air and how they Literally dragged a passenger off a plane, and then the CEO did this sort of half-hearted apology for quote reaccommodating a passenger. <laughs> I mean, just completely, completely tone deaf. Um, but you know, there's was a kind of a hipster chocolate company called Mast Brothers Chocolate. They sell in Whole Foods, and ten or twelve dollars for a chocolate bar. And their story was all about and made chocolate, single origin, meaning that the beans came from one place. Um, And it turned out to not be a true story. And that was just really devastating to them. Um, And this happens again and again, where people sort of invent a story that's really not true. And it's kind of like something you learned in kindergarten. But people, it happens every day, people tell something that is out of alignment with how the company or the individual operates
0: um okay so I have, I have a bunch of questions about this. So you talked about authenticity sure. being a really important part of storytelling and yep. newer speakers often say to me, I want to be authentic in the way I tell stories, but I don't know if it comes across that way because I'm so nervous or like I, I want to tell the story in an interesting way. And I don't know if my story is even interesting to begin with. So how do I make it sound great if I myself don't feel totally um, entertained by it? Like, do you have any examples or... Um, advice for what to do when you're trying to be authentic, but you're just not sure where to begin?
1: Sure. So one thing that I like to say is um, think like a screenwriter. Think, Think about writing the movie script of your life. And if you watch any movie, any genre like romantic comedies, you in about five minutes you can tell oh yeah this is the structure of this story and this is how it's going to happen there it's a simple three-act structure so there's uh a fork in the road and you as the protagonist have to choose which way you're going or you have to deal with a crisis and then there's a resolution so look for that moment in your life or in your career where you were at that fork in the road because Without uh, that sort of drama or conflict or challenge, there really isn't a story, right? I mean, nobody wants to see a movie about a couple. that meets, and then everything goes smoothly. Like, that would be so boring. (laughs) I mean, it might be nice, right? But nobody wants to watch that. First, I mean, you have to... You know, be the Hugh Grant guy stumbling along and making a big mistake, and then you have to speak up at the press conference and, you know, try to win her back. Um, Because that's what life is, right? It's all about those crisis moments or times when we thought our life was about this, and then we realized, oh, it's about that. So find that place in your life and make that the core of your story.
0: But how do you find the confidence to tell those those difficult parts or the parts where you look bad? Cause I I don't know if you're not confident in yourself or in your, your public speaking skills and you get up on stage and you tell a story about a big mistake you made or a time you failed. I don't know. Like that sounds pretty scary. So how do you do that? How do you access the confidence to tell that story?
1: Well, I mean, I think that you don't do it for the first time up on stage in front of a thousand people, right? You want to practice (laughs) it. At least I hope not. Um, but So you want to practice it. And I think um, the speaking clubs that you are running and other opportunities like that are really wonderful where you are in a supportive place and you get to tell story and get feedback and notice how people react. Are they bored? Are they interested? Are they leaning forward in their chairs? Do they have a lot of questions? So um, you can, if you don't have something like that, you can start a club or you can get two friends and say hey let's all learn how to do this better Mm -hmm. and you can go out and get a drink like once a month and each time it's one person's story and you you tell something and you learn how to be vulnerable you learn how to find that deeper truth that sometimes we don't think anyone wants to hear but well what happens if you go there and what happens if you try it and you really make yourself um open and you share that. See what happens in yourself and in your body and see what happens in your audience.
0: Yeah, actually, I didn't realize the power of public speaking until I started telling stories like that about my own struggles and difficult decisions I had to make and then I realized wow people are really connecting to this and it's inspiring them and it's making them think differently about who they are and that's the real value of it is it helps the audience to reflect back on their own experiences and say oh wow what am I doing or what could I be doing differently so I think that's a really good point. The other thing you do really well is make slideshows, and you're like the only person in the whole world <laughs> knows how to do this. Because <laughs> I'm sure everybody listening can remember at least one or a hundred different presentations they've seen with really bad slideshows. So I want to ask you to talk a little bit about how to build a good story through slides, because it seems like a really hard thing to do.
1: Sure. So. Thank you. Um, and it's, it's fascinating to me because, um, yeah, we, we have so much on the line, right? As Dan Pink says, we're all in sales now. So whether, whenever we get in front of a boardroom or in front of an audience, we're trying to sell something, right? We're trying to sell a product or an idea or a policy or a behavior change. We're trying to sell something. We're trying to convince the audience to accept what we're saying and take some action. And time and time again, what we're saying is just completely undermined by terrible slides. So the first thing that I do with people is, um, it's called GAME, G-A-M-E. And that stands for goal, audience, message and expression. So goal is what do I want them to do and know Um, and so you want to think about what is the one thing that I want to have happen at the end of this presentation? Audience, as we've talked about, we need to really know them. What are their hopes and needs and, and aspirations and fears? Um, message is how do I make this relevant to them? How do I tell a story that resonates with the audience? And then expression is what's the best way to inform and inspire them? And that's where we get into slides. And um so i think you know first of all know why you're using them there are a lot of people throughout history who have done really well without slides um <laughs> jesus for example <laughs> um i don't think the buddha ever used a powerpoint deck um so, how so do you know think these you...
0: figures got through life without powerpoint though I, I mean, know that's it's, it's
1: kind of astonishing really um <laughs> you know that that the Buddha wasn't sitting in an airport um, frantically working on his slides. Uh, yeah, just talk about inner peace. So so know why you're using them. Why are you using them? Are you using them as a crutch? Are you using them as your notes so that you don't forget what to talk about? If that's why you're using them, you're doing a disservice to yourself and your audience. Um, they are not there for you. They should be there to support your story, not to replace it. So if your um, slides are full of words, if they're bullet point after bullet point, and much worse if you're reading them, then you're better off without slides. So what
0: So what does a good slide look like? There's just an example of one.
1: I, I mean, a good slide is, is one that advances the story. And so a story basically needs to do two things. It needs to um, reach our heads and it needs to touch our hearts, right? So we look for uh, making a, a rational connection and an emotional connection with the audience. So instead of 10 bullet points, um, you might just have an image and one or two words, or maybe no words. Um, so it's it, it's something that helps the audience fill in um, between the lines of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So there's no one um, magical formula, but the, the formula really is um, a lot of images, images that are not um, stock images. I mean, how many times have you seen um, – shaking hands, you know, a sort of a, graphic, <laughs> yeah, two shaking hands. And that is supposed to mean trust or we've got a deal or I don't know. What it means. <laughs> or, you know, or that inspirational, uh, you know, the rowers all rowing together at sun, sunrise, you know, on the yeah. river. It's like the power of teamwork. It's like, no, get rid of that. Get rid of all the cliches. And um, again, think like a, Think like you're making a movie, like you're telling something with drama in it, and it is. It's it should be if you're up in front of an audience, it should be really something that's great, right? It should be exciting and dramatic. Um, so make your slides beautiful.
0: Yeah. Um, how would people be able to get in touch with you if they wanted you to help them with your slide with their slides? Uh,
1: my website is christopherlandry.com, and we. Um, you know, we do a lot of different things. We work on branding and messaging. We do video production, uh, and we help people with their presentations. We build slide decks. Um, what we're interested in is telling stories that, that change the world. So people who are doing good work, um, we want them to uh, not get in their own way. So we want people to be feel freed up and tell that one really powerful story that works.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I want to also mention that you are in a, a startup accelerator right now for a new uh, company you're building, and I've seen your slides, and they're so beautiful. And like all I can think is, why didn't I hire you last year when I was in the accelerator program with my pitch? Because I suck at making slides, and I know that, and you're so good at it. So um, I just I wanted to mention that because it's just, <laughs> it's like an impressive skill that like seven people in the world have. <laughs> Well, here's,
1: here's some things that you can do and that your audience can do. Um, there are some really great books. Presentation Zen is a really wonderful book. Um, and actually some of my slides are in that book, but that's not why I meant it. It's just really he has a great way of explaining how to communicate visually. Um, but another thing that you can do right now is is flip through a magazine, The New Yorker or some nice magazine and look at the ads and see how they're constructed, see how the words and images are working together. And, and look at them and say, is that how my slides look? Are my slides clean and elegant and to the point? Do they convey the point really quickly without people having to read the fine print? Uh, so that's a kind of a fun exercise you could do. So you could take an existing slide deck and you could open up the ads from the New Yorker and just for practice, you could say, OK, I'm going to turn these 10 slides into 10 ads that I would want to see in a magazine.
0: Oh, that's a good. It sounds like a fun exercise, actually. I would. Probably yeah, I think through. so. Yeah. Um, so I want to know something about people who have to present on data driven topics, because there are a lot of people who aren't in fields that are about telling a lot of stories or um you know, having lots of images, but maybe they have to show data, they have to show charts or graphs. How do you make those presentations more interesting and engaging?
1: Well, um, the first thing is that there's always a story, or there should always be a story, right? Data by itself is meaningless. So if the data is about our third quarter sales, uh, what's the story there? Are we on the cusp of exploding big or are things, are we gonna hit the rocky shore? Um, So find the story and use the data to support it. Um, And then the the other thing is is that you wanna um, spend some time, uh, look at how how data visualization works. So that's a really whole separate topic but Edward Tufte, um, T-U-F-T-E, has written a bunch of books about that, and there are some great uh, blogs about that, about how you take data and you make it readable. And and really, the basic rule is anything that doesn't help people understand the data should go. Uh, instead of having the whole spreadsheet on your slide, how about just turning the the top line numbers into a simple clean graph and hand out the spreadsheet after the presentation. So there are ways like that where you can you can get the message across without confusing people and bring the whole thing to a stop.
0: That's great. Okay. So really as a presenter, you have to really understand what you want to convey before you start putting all these slides together with tons of information because the audience can only can only retain so much so making it really simple and easy to understand is the key and then kind of work backwards from there
1: yes absolutely that's why we use that game process so the goal the audience the message and the expression and and what you want to do is make the outline uh you don't want to just open up keynote or powerpoint and start making slides um that's just really not the best way to go about it the best way is to to Write down what your goal is, what are the three takeaways you want, uh, and then build the outline. So here's how the story starts, and here's how it ends, and here's everything in between. Then you can transfer that to the, to the slide deck.
0: Gotcha. Another comment I often hear from new speakers is, I don't have any stories to share. No, I've never done anything interesting. <laughs> like, why would anyone care about anything I've ever done? <laughs> I'm just going to share advice and help people. But the thing is, the way they connect with you is by hearing those stories. So do you have any advice to help people find stories in their own life that other people might want to hear?
1: Uh, you know, I think we all have stories. And so if if there's advice that's meaningful to you that you want to share with others, well, talk about how it applied to you. Um, and again, it comes back to that vulnerability um, I had I had an experience over the weekend where I was listening to a podcast and I heard about a book that sounded interesting. I went to the website and I got onto the email list and I got the a bunch of emails from these people and it was the crappiest kind of email marketing possible. It was completely phony and it was sounded like I, you know, there was it was all about scarcity and fear and it was expensive and. It was just so inauthentic that, you know, I felt like I wanted to wash my hands. And then, um, and I wrote back to them. I said, this is really terrible. (laughs) You're doing yourself a big disservice. Like maybe your book is good, but I don't trust you anymore because of the content of your emails. And then I got an email from a guy named Chris Brogan, who's a popular speaker and blogger. And he talked about... um, Feeling depressed, feeling down, feeling vulnerable, uh, and what you do in those times when you're not really living up to your ideal about who you are. And it was completely honest, and I felt an immediate connection to him. And I wrote back to him. Also, I wrote back to both these people. I said, this is the best uh, news I've ever gotten from you because it's so completely honest. And... I think that's your job as a speaker is uh, is to tell something from your personal experience. And so if you don't know what it is, go take a walk or go, you know, sit in a cabin for a couple of days and kind of excavate through your life and find out those turning points in your life that you want to share with others.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. I also find writing is a really good Exercise to just help pull things out because you never know what shows up when you just sit down with a pen and a piece of paper
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the magical thing about it.
0: Yeah. All right Let's jump into our uh, five questions. I ask everyone number one What's the number one piece of advice you have for women who want to be well-known speakers?
1: I? Think as we were saying before is tell your story over and over and over and tell different stories over and over and over Find that group of people uh, like the, the Speaker Sisterhood Clubs or another place where you you have enough support and trust that you're willing to open up and just practice it again and again and again. Because I think we don't, we don't really know um, what we're going to say until we find ourselves talking
0: mm-hmm. uh, a lot. Sure. Number two, do you have a personal operating philosophy? And if so, what is it?
1: Um, yeah, I, you know, I think in my business, what it comes down to is that people matter. And so what my, what allows me to, to do my work and to be useful to people is that I pay attention. Uh, when I'm in a room, I'm listening to what's being said, but I'm also listening to what's not being said. And I'm making sure that all voices are heard and, uh, and that's because people really need to know that they're being heard and that they matter. And, and that's what I try to do every day in my work.
0: That is so beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and number three, what advice would you give to your twenty-five-year-old self?
1: Oh man, he was such a dumbass. No, <laughs> because no, I'm kidding. He, he but. Like, my advice to that self is is you have no idea how capable you are. You really have to believe in yourself and act as though you're amazing because you are. Oh. Um, it's okay to have self-doubt, and everyone does, but don't ever let that keep you on the sidelines.
0: I love it. Number four, what advice do you have for your 75-year-old self?
1: Oh, man. Um, I would say, you don't know, pay it forward, right? Right. Write this stuff down. Um, you know, we all we all go through so much, right? And we learn, and and our experience can be so useful to others. So, so pay it forward. right? write that book that helps others um, live their best possible lives.
0: And number five, if you had to pick one object to represent yourself, what would you pick?
1: I have a little um, a little oval. Courts formation um, on a table in my living room. And, and when my sons and I moved um, when they were little, we had a stream in the woods behind the house. And we had just moved there. And we were walking in the stream. And I said, okay, guys, time to go back to the house for dinner. And they ignored me. And then I said it again, and they ignored me. And they didn't argue. They just kept on going as if I hadn't said anything. And yeah. <laughs> and we went around the bend in the stream and my oldest son reached down and he picked up this most incredible little quartz formation. Um, and it's just like this precious gem. It's really remarkable. And when I look at it, 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 it reminds me that, that being in the moment is a lot more important than any schedule. Uh, it's a lot more important than when you have dinner. So just being present.
0: I love that. Lastly, what does it mean to you to claim the stage?
1: Um, to me, it means showing up as our best selves, which means we show up with our gifts and our vulnerability and our real honest selves, because that's, that's the only way that we make the world better is um, the world needs us to show up and speak up.
0: I love it. Is there anything you'd like to share with my audience? Like any upcoming events or promotions or?
1: Uh, I don't have any upcoming events except a lot of, a lot of work in the startup accelerator that I'm in right now. But, um, people can go to christopherlandry.com and learn about what we do. See some of the videos that we've made. Um, we really love telling stories about people who are changing the world and, um, uh, and and film and slide decks and all the other things, those are just ways, those are tools that we can use to, to share our stories. And so if folks want uh, help with that, they can reach out to me through my website.
0: Awesome. And I should mention to everyone that Chris made the, the video for the Speaker Sisterhood on our website, so they can go check that out. Um, well, thanks so much for being on the show today, Chris. It was really helpful tips on how to tell a story, how to do slides correctly, how to not do slides, and uh, just kind of how to be yourself up on stage, because that's what the world really wants to see.
1: Great. Well, thank you very much. I'm a big fan of what you're doing. <laughs> and, uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun.
0: Thanks. There you have it. Episode 44 of Claim the Stage podcast, Adventures in Storytelling. I hope you enjoyed This episode, there's so much to think about, right? Like, how are you telling your stories now? How could you show up with more authenticity, more vulnerability? How could you connect even more with people? As far as I can tell, the art of storytelling is a lifelong pursuit because we can always find a way to tell a piece of the story differently, to add more emotion, to change the energy, to bring in more of how you felt when those things were happening to you. And I think that's exactly Chris's point in, in what he was sharing today is that it's just really important to know that there are people sitting in front of you that are, that want to hear your story and not just know about the data and the advice and the information, but to really feel something at the end of your presentation. So I hope you take some really good tidbits away from today's episode. Start practicing those stories. And as always, stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.